process, preparation, and performance. JR, we're climbing the podcast totals now. We're getting towards that 30 list. We have a lot of guests, but none more exciting for me tonight than the head coach of the Quincy University Hawks. I'm sporting my little Quincy travel sweatshirt that I wore when I played there way back in the early to mid 90s. I just saw the number. Were you a center? That's no. a center number, man. You dude, ain't a linebacker. Dude. I was a middle linebacker. And <laughs> and backup and backup punter, I want you to know. I have backup heard the backup punter. I have backup. heard the I, rumor. I could still you kick the rock. Very often. You don't. You don't. And there's plenty of stories I could tell about it, but none that anybody is interested in, to be honest with you. <laughs> JR, let's talk about a little current events before we dive into this sure. today. Missouri has decided that your school district can decide to play fall sports in the spring. Yep. Coaches football conference, Coach Bass's football conference has already moved to the spring, but Missouri has said we will have two football seasons. You could participate in one or the other. Now, softball has been doing this for a while, right? In, in Missouri, I think softball has a spring and a fall. Depends or, on the level of the school, as does right. uh, baseball. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they have, they have two with that, but now they've added higher risk, high contact sports, and there are already a number of schools jumping on board to do it. But here's what's interesting, JR. September 11th, 9-11, which I don't know that we should have picked that date. There's other <laughs> more important stuff that go on in the world on that date, but they've picked that date as the day you have to declare if you want to play your fall sport in the spring. So you could literally play two to three football games, go, you know what, not for us. We're going to come on over to the spring. What do you think about that, JR? You're a baseball guy. Yeah, we kind of discussed this a little last time. You know, to me, pick one. You know, it's uh, if the reason you're doing it is because you lost two or three in a row, I'd start to question that a little bit, but I don't know how you're ever going to be able to validate that. You know, now if you got a COVID outbreak, hey, I get it. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said last time, there's no good decision. It's just, it is what it is. So there's no blueprint for what we're doing. There's no, it's, it's trying to get everybody their season if they can. So I applaud the state for that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it turns around. It'll be Absolutely. interesting with, with the overlap and everything. But let's dive into Quincy, Illinois, because, JR, you know this. Coach doesn't know this. I met my wife at Quincy. Yes, you did. I, I met her there. I uh, restored, You married up. I did marry up way up. <laughs> way, way, way higher than, than I deserve. Um, way, way higher. Okay. Um, also renewed my faith in Christ, and uh, I found that because of her. So a lot of good things came out of Quincy. I still talk to some of my professors there, to be honest with you. Uh, they, I, one of them does not do technology, so he only writes letters. Even though I might email him, then he sends me a letter back to the email or something like that. So it, it's kind of it's crazy, but very nice. But Coach Bass, thank you for being here. Quite the resume. You've been all over. And... I'm going to kick this thing off, JR, because coach was at Quincy, was named the interim for a while, and then became the head coach. So, Coach, one thing I want to know, and we're going to get into all things Quincy, Illinois here, because there's some good stuff going on there. But for me, how did that time as interim 
kind of shape you for being a head coach? Well, it's funny. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me that over over the last few years, and even whenever I first got the job. And I know the first thing I, I think I said to everybody was, it, I'll be honest with you, I was going to do things the way we had set out to do things, whether it was interim or just the head coach in general. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me was I think a lot of coaches get in, get their first opportunity and they get so caught up with wins and losses immediately that they don't lay the foundation correctly um, from a culture standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, and just how you want to go about dealing with your alums, dealing with uh, the people in the administration, dealing with everyone. So uh, for me, I wouldn't say it really, I didn't act any different. It was exactly who I am to a T. Uh, and I know I said that to Coach Bell and numerous other people that if this tag getting lifted is solely going to be strictly because of wins and losses, then you might as well not hire me right this second because I'm not <laughs> caving to, to who I am just to win some ball games immediately. Tell us a little bit about uh, Quincy. My actually, my sister-in-law is from Quincy. Oh, wow! Really? So I know there is a blue bridge up there. I've oh, seen it's multiple colors depending okay. on what the, the nighttime. Oh, okay. Thing. Tell us about it a, a little bit. Well, I know it's funny because uh, one one people ask me all the time, "Why Quincy?" And the one thing that I've told people numerous times is it's because of the people. Uh, I'm originally from North Carolina, um, and I've been here for going on 10 years. Both of my kids have been born here. Um, me and my wife have settled down here. We've got established roots here, and this is home. And I think that's one of the coolest things that can be said about this town as a whole is it is extremely personal uh, and personable, uh, great people. Um, they, they truly care about our young men more than just the football aspect of things. They want them to be successful. Uh, the town as a whole is very supportive in every which way imaginable you could possibly think of. And it really is a cool town to live in. Uh, I mean, there's about 50,000, a little bit more. Uh, there's plenty of things to do here. Uh, probably the biggest difference for me in the Midwest and from where I was from the Southeast is uh, there's a lot of towns Quincy size in certain, in a lot of pockets in North Carolina, but then there's another one right next to it. Whereas here, I mean, we're the big town um, to yeah. be all right within St. Louis and Springfield. So, I mean, there's a lot of commerce here, a lot of work here. And I think it really is the, uh, the funniest thing I tell people all the time, that to have a town this size, when you're going down Broadway, which is the main street here, and you go, man, the traffic is just terrible. And you don't live in St. Louis or Chicago. It's kind of funny how that works out. So, all in all, it's a great town. I love every bit of it. And the people here are awesome. When we had uh, my brother's wedding, we had it in Quincy, and it was downtown. I don't remember where it was, but I just remember it was it was very pretty downtown for for a town that you know has been around for a long time. Because, like you said, it's on the river, to where you got a lot of jobs and there's a lot of commerce flies through there, you know, just daily. So when you look at kids, and you're like, yeah, I think I think this is a Quincy guy. What is the number one, maybe number two, top three things that that you're looking for, for this, this is a Quincy guy. We're going to go get this kid. Toughness. I think um, anytime uh, for us, whenever we watch a kid on film, and, and I know I'm an O-lineman by trade and was an offense coordinator before. So you, the one thing you want to see out of everybody is how tough are they mentally, physically, the works, because 
they're, you're going to get tested in every way, shape, and form in college, uh, from your time management skills to uh, things being due on deadlines to anything else that's going on. Um, you're going to have to do all those things from that standpoint. So, I mean, I definitely think that's number one. Uh, number two for us is probably just going to be mentality um, as far as that blue collar, roll your sleeves up, let's get to work type kids. So, I mean, I would say those are the two most important things. Excuse definitely. Me, I'm texting my wife because the computer is about to die and <laughs> I've got to get a charger brought down here. So I'm listening. I, I didn't plan this I love very it. well. Oh, love that's it. all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, quick story, JR. The chapel at Quincy University is amazingly beautiful. Absolutely and, beautiful. And on Sunday nights, mass was at nine o'clock. Okay. That's what it used to be when I was there anyway. Sunday nights at nine o'clock. And... The first time my wife, Amy, goes, hey, listen, come to Mass with me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I grew up Catholic, which, mean, which meant really nothing at the time. <laughs> and she goes, come to Mass with me. I go to Mass, and this is, this is a true story, JR, true story. I come back, and my, my mom, I'm talking to my mom the next day or something like that. And she goes, oh, how was it? I go, I think I walked into a cult. I'm not even sure what happened. I was stand up, kneel down. Everybody's chanting. I don't know what the hell that was going like on. sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I grew up Catholic, but it didn't mean I went to church as I was growing up. My grandmother, very, very Catholic. My dad went to the seminary for a little while. That's a total different story. He got kicked out. We don't have time for that on today's podcast. Okay. Got kicked out. Uh, but beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, man. I mean, people go back there, JR routinely to get married there because of how nice it is but wow the architecture the architecture of that chapel um being from the southeast um i grew up southern baptist mm -hmm. okay. so i'd never been in a catholic church in my entire life really until i got got here so i remember the first time i ever walked in that chapel i was just i was in awe of like yeah. architecturally just how beautiful uh that chapel chapel is and then getting the opportunity to meet the friars here on campus right? and how just amazing people they are. Like there, there's been times where those men have taken some of our players under their wing. If, if something happened and they couldn't get a flight out to leave at a certain time and they let them stay in the friary for a few days and they couldn't stay with another coach. Right. So wow. I mean, you can, you can, I could sit here and speak for days just on the Franciscan heritage here at, at Quincy university and just, how that what that means to people and i think that's one of the big draws for me is how how good of a human being they really are in that way shape and form yeah oh yeah the franciscans are are incredible i mean it, the the chapel is called saint francis solanus chapel at least <laughs> according to my wife again i married up she knows all the rest. um and a quick story about the friars because the franciscan friars jr and here's i'm gonna tell you something else you don't know about me jr uh -oh. My confirmation name is Francis because of Quincy University. So I picked that because of the friars and how cool they were because I didn't get confirmed until right before I got married. But uh, See, that's where I get confused. Yeah, go ahead. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of ceremony, there's a lot of things with the Catholic Church. You know, yeah. no, no offense to anybody Catholic, but okay. I'm just JR. 
I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have any other, well, there's been some people call me some names, but you know, so I don't really understand the whole, the whole hierarchy and structure of it, but that's cool. You know, just hearing about it. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It, there's seven sacraments. One of those is, you know, there's, there's all different ones, but when you get confirmed, you're, you can choose the name of a, of a saint, male or female to go along and different really? saints represent different things. Okay. Obviously, Francis, we know about Francis. He loved everything, loved all creatures, you know, didn't want to harm anything. That wouldn't of. be my confirmation name. No, it might not be. might not be. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but they had such an impact. I, I chose that. So I'm going to tell you a funny cool. story about the Franciscans, especially Brother Tom Smith, who is there. He's not there anymore. He's, he's moved all around, but we still keep in contact with him. One day, Brother Tom is talking to us we're sophomores juniors something like that and he goes you know why we have these three knots on our belt which their belt is a rope okay Okay. and i go okay brother tom you know obviously no i don't know because i'm i'm learning and he goes the three knots stand for this and jr you're gonna love this no class no sass no ass that's what he said that's what they stand for. He goes, if you want to, if you want to really get down to it, that's what it means. No class, no sass, no ass. He's got a good sense of humor. That's what, that's yeah, what he was great. He was great. So I, that's great. I, totally, I totally loved that. So that's great. Coach, I was there. I was there a while back. Um, two years ago, I was back at Quincy and it's changed tremendously from when I was there. Obviously lots of dollars infused for renovations, upgrades, all that stuff. Um, what improvements are still going on? Because I know there's some stuff that's happened with the football program specifically that prospective student-athletes need to know about. Well, I mean, the craziest thing is probably just the rundowns of things that have happened since I've gotten here. I know in my nine years here, uh, we completely renovated the weight room one time. Um, we, can, we built a four-plus-million-dollar football facility um, that has a jumbotron that – is entirely too big, but the kids, no, 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 no. Oh, I mean, don't give me. It's not. Trust me. I mean, it's not, it's not too big, but it's just <laughs> it's just it's massive. I mean, and it's really cool. It, it definitely makes our kids very proud of where they're at. Uh, and I mean, now that in the last three years, uh, we actually just finished renovating our locker room. We're getting ready to do pictures and everything for that thing. Uh, it's got turf in it. It's got a Pepsi fridge with protein. It's got a Gatorade fountain in it. It's got an 82-inch TV. All right. Bean bags. There are lights underneath the underneath the uh, the lockers itself. Um, and we've actually built um, a mini putt putt course in there uh, <laughs> as well. Well, the crazy thing about the locker room thing is the co- us as coaches did all the work. Uh, oh wow! So that saved a ton of money for us to be able to do that. So, I mean, that's been huge um, over the summer. As soon as we kind of got the ball almost completely done with that one, um, we moved the weight room to the Hawks hangout, the old Hawks hangout building, and uh, we demolished a wall in there. We're getting ready to pretty much go from about a 4,000-square-foot area to probably about a 6,500-square-foot area. Uh, that's going to be – we're about to drop another $100,000 in there. Um, we're going to have 15 to 20 racks. We're going to have everything you can think of in there uh, from that standpoint. And then I know my first year, whenever I first took the head coach job, we actually moved our offices um, below the uh, cafeteria. 
and uh, we've had a lot of help as well with that one with getting graphics on the wall things for our coaches offices uh, we put a player we also put a player's lounge down there with tv couches wow there's a computer area for a study hall area for our guys that we've had all of our alums kick in to help with with that as well and i mean it's you look at uniforms i mean we bought brand new uniforms in the last three years we've got four different jerseys four different pairs of pants i'm an old lineman by heart i don't care about any of that stuff <laughs> I'm terrible. but i know our kids do they love it they think it's the coolest thing on the planet so uh, i know for us now we're in the middle of trying to raise money to put a new facility across the street from our stadium right now to get a brand new weight room and locker room there so i mean um, right in the middle of everything, trying to get all that accomplished, and hopefully we do in uh, soon future. And I, like I said, I, I definitely think anytime you're you're a young man and you get a chance to go on campus and you can see construction being taken place in some way, shape, and form on campus, you see a school that's that's trying to take steps forward to to get better. I still have a year of eligibility. Sweet, we need Jeez. a punter. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not kidding. Ours right. graduated. Get him out there. We on you right now. I'm telling you, I I need I still have a year, and because and JR, I'm just going to flow right in. The All NCAA right. is giving people more eligibility. Oh, I yeah. have a year, which really means I should have two years. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, we could work something out, Coach. I mean, I could, I could. He I could be your team doctor as well. So I it's like a two foot, for one. Yeah, foot hey, and ankle, and I'll go up there kick up here. Only thing you have to do is I ask that you show up on Fridays for our special teams uh, walkthrough extended period and then kick on Saturdays. We're game. Sign them up. Hey, hey JR, JR, I, 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 I want to see this. your photo shoot if you go up there because that's a big thing with kids. You know, also, hey, you're, you're laughing about that. That was one of the things whenever we redid our locker room that we had to change. We put the, like I said, we put the light bars underneath the things. So when you turn all the lights off, we flip the lights on the light bars. It's like this bright yellow that kicks off the turf. Um, wow. So really cool. And then we bought these huge banners and like these lights to go behind the helmets and behind the jerseys hanging up so that when you turn all of it off, you turn the other stuff on, the jerseys are glowing and, and everything else. And then our, uh, and this was, by the way, some of this was my idea. Most of this is. <laughs> uh, I, I've gotten really good at listening to people that are smarter than me. <laughs> so put people in the right place and that helps big time and then the last thing was they bought a plex a big piece of plexiglass that made a stand so when kids come on a visit they're literally going to have a smoke machine they're going to have uniforms on or have all these lights it's going like a disco in this thing and then they're going to walk up you can tell i'm getting older i use the word disco these kids won't even know what that is they're going to sign their name on uh, this uh, board so that we can transpose it. I think the word they told me uh, onto the <laughs> graphics. So oh, awesome. Nice. It's, there's a lot of cool stuff we're doing from that standpoint. Cause you're right. I mean, kids love it and you've got to get those pictures right because it, it shows a lot of people exactly what you can do. How much have you seen it change? Like from yeah. when you started in college to now to where that is a focus oh drastic i know if you go back see i'm 36 i'll be 37 in october even though this gray hair makes me look way older my daughter tells me all the time our freshman the other day asked me if i was 50 so that that made me feel really good about myself <laughs> that's um, all right wisdom 
Yes, exactly. Let's keep it that way. Let them think I'm old. That way, if I beat them in anything, they're going to think they got beat by an old man. (laughs) Um, I would It's changed a ton. I know since I've been here, it's changed drastic. And since I've been at Missouri Southern, it's been nuts. And I can just think about whenever I played football. I mean, my freshman year of college was 2001. I graduated in 2005. And it was – we were still doing VHS and DVDs like film out. I mean, just from a film standpoint on Huddle now, like you click a button and you can watch anybody in the country. Right. Uh, and now you start talking about bringing kids on recruiting visits from using jumbotrons to make huge graphics to we literally have a graphic that we try to send out to our top, our top players every single week. So we're making a new graphic that we'll send out this next week. And cool. it's an ongoing thing. We wow. spent last week with all of our uh, freshmen here in town uh, when they were here for orientation we spent 30 minutes with roughly with each one of them doing things to make gifts, other graphics in their uniforms, all this stuff. And we got to do our upperclassmen next because it's stuff they want. I mean, and it's cool, but I mean, it's a lot. People don't realize how much that yeah. has single-handedly changed. There are a ton of universities now and athletic departments that have departments completely focused and driven on that one topic. Yeah. Yeah, they do. How How is this changing for you, though, Coach? Because I've talked to one guy at a D1 school, and he said they're almost going to shut down their recruiting because so many kids are getting an extra year. What is this extra year doing for you guys? Well, we only had seven seniors coming in this year. Okay. Um, so we're a pretty young football team. And what I tell people about this extra year, it's all well and good in theory. And it is good because the kids have the option to take it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if, if you're thinking about a kid that, let's say, he's a fifth, this was his fifth year, does the kid really want to come back for a sixth football season? I, I just yeah. – there's – I mean, I, will, I would never tell a kid no, but, like, at some point in time, I mean, Max Snell, our, probably our best offensive lineman right now, is a fifth-year senior currently. And with everything going on, he could come back next, next fall. Well, I, I'll give those kids that option if that's what they want, because I'll never t- tell a kid no. But at some point in time, they've got to start their life. And to be in, be in, be in school for now five years is, is pretty high, because you think in most school, most sports don't redshirt. Right. Well, most of football does redshirt. So you're not talking about going from a fourth year to a fifth year. You're talking about going from a fifth year to a sixth year for a lot of time. Um, so I, I would go on a limb to say for people like us uh, and maybe even other smaller schools, I, I would say those kids that didn't get redshirted, uh, it'll probably give you a year back on them. But it'll probably be 50-50 on whether or not it affects those fifth-year guys. But as far as how it's actually going to affect our recruiting, who knows? Uh, we're going full steam ahead, uh, no different than we normally would, um, going out with the money we planned on going out with. Uh, and I think the biggest thing for us is – is going to be seeing how everything affects it because usually in recruiting you get you go from August to December and as bad as I tell it there are there are always going to be kids that leave there's there's no way around yeah. that um, retention is never perfect at any university in any football program in the country just not mm-hmm. and then you look into the fact that now you're recruiting really without knowing what that retention is going to look like. And you're looking at the fact that you don't know when signing day is necessarily going to be. Like, I could see them moving it 
to all of us signing in December, which they may not, they could leave it in February. I mean, I just think there's just so many unknowns right now to, to what's going to happen. I mean, I think about the poor kids in Illinois where we're at right now. All the states around us in high school football are playing, and they're sitting at home. And you want to yeah. talk about hurting recruiting for those kids. There are a ton of those young men that from their junior year to their senior year was going to be a lot of growth that were going to help them get a ton of offers. And now those kids aren't going to get those same things because they're going to have to go visit. They're going to have to commit somewhere before they ever play their football season of senior year because they're not going to play here mm -hmm. until February 15th. And we sign on the first Wednesday in February. So, I mean, it's going to affect those, those kids, I think, in Illinois um, and those states that aren't playing a lot more than it will those other kids per se. Yeah, yeah I can, I can see that, you know, to talk about JR, the, the timing. I can tell you that when I was a senior and I started playing when I was a freshman, I was fortunate enough that I did well enough. John Morris was the D coordinator. He went on to start the program in Hallsville and, and he since passed away, God rest his soul. But uh, he was, you know, he was a great guy to me. Uh, I know some people struggled, but I, I thought he was amazing. Anyway, I was fortunate enough that I got to play some special teams also got to play a little inside backer when I was a freshman. And I'll tell you, by the time I was a senior, JR, I was ready to go. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> hey, man, I got stuff I got to do. This was this was step A and B. Step C, D, and E are like here. I, I need to go. Because I remember clearly walking out of the cafeteria one day. Uh, the house used to be called Out of Bounds. It was a house right next to the cafeteria, Coach. The million dollar house. Yes, yes. So it was called Out of Bounds, and they were having a party. There was a bunch of freshmen at this party. I was walking by. I looked over, and I was like, all those people look way too young for me. It's time for me to go. And I, like, so a fifth year, a fifth year, I mean, at that point in time, I would have been like, no, I'm going to med school. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not staying here. So I, I completely understand. Coach well, I mean, I know we had uh, the quarterback we had last year, Andrew Run, um, that was a senior, had a great season for us. When he came in as a true freshman, he was like, Coach, you guys can redshirt me if you want to, but I'm I'm leaving in four years. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he going to UMKC Dental School starting now. So, I mean, he wow. had a plan. He knew what he was going to do. So, I, I mean, now you're talking about for a kid like him, Hey, but now we want you to wait a year and a half longer. Right. It just right. it's it's going to be tough. Uh, but I mean, it'll depend. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So you guys got pushed to spring. Mm -hmm. How does that change your calendar? What'd you do? What can you do in the fall? How's that look for you guys? Well, I wish if someone has a uh, head coach's pandemic or something, <laughs> if they don't have one. They need to start one because yep. I could have used it. Uh, with all the stuff that was going on and you're not really knowing exactly from day to day, I mean, there, there was a point in time early in March when all this happened that we we're like, there's no way football is going to get pushed. Physically impossible. To as we kept moving on and hearing, oh, there's we're going to go down to 10 games. Well, then all of a sudden it comes down and it's like, all right, well, it sounds like we may only play conference only. And then all of a sudden, kids kids are about to come back and probably seven to ten days before we get back is when we 
they dropped the bombshell. And the thing that just makes me kind of upset about it is I wish NCAA would just make the decision. Like I think I think they they put these these stipulations on people of you got to test so often here and you got to do this and you got to do that. And don't get me wrong, the health and safety of these kids come first every single waking second. But you're the governing body for all of us. And I just I don't like the fact that you've got some schools that are going to play this fall and uh, some that aren't. And I mean, there's some schools that. Uh, I read today one of the schools in the Lone Star Conference, I believe West Texas A&M, unless I've got this wrong, their conference decided not to play, but they're playing anyway. So there's a, there's a lot of schools that, that I've heard possibly taking that route and, and deciding what they want to do in their own way. And I, I just wish they'd make a decision, let's just keep it together, because it, what they don't realize is they're negatively affecting these kids. The heck with me, the heck with any of us coaches. Like, you're, you're, you're hurting the kids. And whenever I think they make decisions that are uh, taking the coward's way out kind of or just bad yeah. decision and putting it on us, like, I just – I'm not a fan of it. Let's, let's all stand together and say, you know what? For the health and safety of these young men, we're not playing. I can get behind that all day long. I never want to put our kids in harm risk way uh but as far as how it affected us um sorry i got on a soapbox for a minute i was a little upset about that one um i would say the biggest thing for us is first finding out if we were going to be able to have our typical off season like a spring um we are uh, we are going to be able to have our 15 practices we start september 25th uh and we're actually going to get done hopefully on halloween we're going to try to do something on that that day uh for our kids since you got to wear masks anyway what better day to end it on than a day that everybody can come wearing a mask? Yeah, man. I like fun. it. I like it. I so, like it. Uh, outside of that right now, we're going to be lifting and running. Uh, all the COVID protocols are they're a lot. I mean, they are, but I tell our kids all the time, I mean, if you want an opportunity to play football, there's going to be things you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice not going out. You're going to have to sacrifice uh, wearing a mask. I know when you don't want to wear one, you're going to have to sacrifice some of the things that we're asking you to do is – far as reporting to our trainers in the mornings and getting wristbands to make sure you're cleared. And I mean, there's just so many different things I think that are going to affect them. But the other thing I told our coaches is we're going to find out who loves football and who doesn't. And I think that's huge for us. So sorry, I rambled a little bit, but uh, no, that would be it's not a ramble. It, it's not a ramble because it's truth, right? Yeah. JR, uh, continuing theme for the last two or three episodes is somebody make a decision. Right. Yeah, it definitely Somebody, that's been a theme. It's been a theme. And and truthfully, coach, this is like and I'm gonna I'll piggyback your soapbox. If you were the head coach and you were like, eh, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. I don't know. Let's see what the linebacker coach wants to do. Let's see what the O line coach wants to do. Well, maybe the O line wants to practice on Tuesdays, no Matt. You couldn't do that. That would be chaos. So now you have the the top level authority, like just make the decisions, right? So the true statement is this, JR. Direction comes from the top down. Revolution comes from the bottom up. Uh oh. And <laughs> unless you got to make a decision, otherwise you're just going to get people revolting and going and doing their own things and and doing whatever. People are asking for the decision, so just make it. Sorry, Coach, I piggybacked on you. That's just me. That's my own personal beliefs. JR probably doesn't share them. He's, he's, he's got some other 
he's got some other ties that he's got to be nice about. I don't have to be. So it's okay. I think we lost him. Oh, we might have lost him, but that's all right. We'll get back to him in just a minute. Jared, this is interesting to me. And when he gets back, we'll talk about it. This is interesting to me because if you don't make a decision, how do you teach your kids moving forward to make something important, to make an important decision somehow, some way? I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. I, it, well, we kind of talked about it. I mean, it, I don't care what the decision is, just make it, you yeah. know, and it, it seems like, you know, before we, hopefully coach can reconnect here, but, you know, before we, uh, before he got disconnected, I was going to say, you know, I wrote, read an article the other day that said, well, apparently you can't catch COVID in the SEC, you know, and it's like, okay, I kind of see your, kind of see your argument there, but it, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of schools that are, that are back in school now. You know, I mean, uh, my stepson's back in school down in Louisiana, and they're yeah. doing in seat. Here he is. He's back. Yeah, I got him. Okay. <laughs> Here we got him. You're yeah. good, Coach. Oh, okay. Hey. Oh, that's okay. I was <laughs> just jumping good. on my soapbox. I was just jumping oh, on my it. soapbox. All of a sudden, you started going, and then everyone froze, and I'm going, Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Of all people, the technologically uninclined person is the one that's going to get kicked off. Oh, no, that's okay. It was just, uh, I was agreeing with you that somebody should make a decision. If you don't, it's like the head coach saying, Well, let's see what somebody else wants to do. Let's see what somebody else wants to do. Let's ask somebody who's not even involved in the program what, how they think we should practice. And eventually, it's the direction that you need in order to teach your kids how to make decisions as they get out of college and, and have to make these decisions, right? Well, the, the bad thing for me was you look at the high school breakdown, I think there's only 13 states in the United States not playing high school football. So explain to me when resources are the thing that would be able to save these kids and keep them from getting it, in my opinion why this, the universities with more resources, not that we're Alabama, but we do have more resources to help than high school does. Right. How it's right. not safer for us to play than it is high schools. Right. So that, I have no idea. That's the baffling thing for me a little bit too. It's going to be interesting to me to see, because Missouri's going to kick off here Friday, is how long will it go? And, and I hope it goes the whole season. You know, but I think at least uh, we'll get some indication here. I'd say within a couple of weeks of of what the heck is gonna what the heck is gonna go on. And you mentioned huddle, just the fact that film is instantaneous now. You know, you're not sitting there with the VHS or the Beta or the old eight millimeter or anything like that. <laughs> you know, and so I'm assuming you guys will probably be able to actually get out a little more, maybe watch some high school games, and when you're there and you're watching, say you go to watch a particular kid, but then some, there's just some dude on the field and you're like, man, I like that kid. What, what would make somebody stand out if you guys are in the crowd watching a game? Well, usually when we go, um, I mean, you're always going to look at somebody specifically. Um, we try to always, for us, when we go, we're trying to, to put two teams against each other that may have a couple kids we want to look at for each team. Um, but for me, if we're going to say, go look at two kids, one on each team, um, the, I really don't want to see the kid that we're coming there play. 
as crazy as that sounds. Okay. Um, because we're going to get his film. It's, it's all the other things other than the playing that I specifically like to watch. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to see if the kid can play or not, but I want to see how he, how he deals with his teammates. I want to see how he, how coachable he is on the sidelines. I want to see how the kid carries himself. I want to see how much leadership intangibles he carries and how he can pull his teammates along and do those things. Because those are the things you can't see spliced together on huddle on a highlight film. Uh, you, the only other thing from a playing standpoint that, that's nice to see is you get to see the highs and the lows. Anybody can put together a highlight film that looks good. Uh, the good thing about going to watch a game from a playing perspective is to see how consistent they are. Uh, but, I mean, that always happens. I, it happens when we're watching film in the spring. Uh, we'll put on a kid and we'll be watching something, and all of a sudden some creature will come streaking by, and you're just like, who is number two? Who's and, that, guy? Uh, that happens all the time. Like, I guarantee you most of the time we go to the game, I know last year there was a game me and Coach Kelly went to in St. Louis area, and uh, we went to go watch one kid from another team, and by the time we left, I fell in love with the quarterback for the other team. And it, that happens all the time. And those leadership intangibles and seeing how they handle themselves and things of that sort are things that you can't see in any way, shape, and form ever. So you've watched film for a long time. And that's kind of what I love to do. I love to break down film. So I've got a real specific question for you here. Mm -hmm. One of the hardest things that I have, I'd say, just trouble with is gauging speed on film. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story here. The fastest dude I have ever seen on film, there was a kid from Bishop Gorman out in Las Vegas, and Rockbridge flew out there to play him. And we're watching the game, breaking it down, and they give the ball to the tailback, and there's a fullback in front of him. And the fullback turns around, looks back, and says, oh, he's got the ball, so the tailback passes him. The fullback outran him after that kid had about a 10-yard start. And I'm like, yeah, that guy's fast. Like, other than time in a flying 40, I mean, you could just sit there and go, that, that, dude, can, that dude can roll. So how do you gauge speed on film? Uh, you know, it's not an easy one because, unfortunately, kids are getting so good technology-wise. I can't – I've all the time, there'll be times all of a sudden you'll see something in a, in a film that's sped up. And you can tell. Um, Good point. And the wow. reason you'll tell it's sped up is because you'll watch an offensive lineman look like he's running a 4-7-40. And you'll be like, yeah, something's up here. I know something's not right. Uh, when it comes to straight speed, I don't really I don't really get too wrapped up in it um, because I'll be honest with you, not much of football is played in a straight line. Most of it's played laterally and have to make cuts to excel. So acceleration for me is what I look at more. And to get true gauge of speed, I want kids at a camp. I want to be able to okay. see them in person. So if we got a kid who we think, uh, let's say we did a flying 40 and we timed him at a 4-4 something because he was already at full speed, um, I'll then go watch him in pregame and we'll watch him run and cut and see if he – all right, yeah, he's a 4-6 kid, 4-6-5 kid. Uh, we're not Alabama, so I'm not worried about just straight up four threes or anything like that. I, the kid's either fast enough to get the job done or he's not. And I know we had a receiver here a few years ago named Eric Poindexter. Uh, mm -hmm. Eric had 
75, 80 catches for like 1,700 yards and 16 touchdowns his senior year. And he wow. couldn't run any faster than a 4.8540, but no one could cover him, period. Hmm. Uh, my personal opinion is having a strength background, too, uh, is I think 40s are overrated. Speed matters, don't get me wrong, but there's a difference between track speed and football speed. And uh, I think sometimes people get too caught up in 40. So I'd say on film, it's tough. You can get a gauge, but you need to see it in person to truly get a really good idea of how fast someone really is. Yeah, I, I tackled a lot of people, JR. I mean, uh, I – I want to see the I was, film. I got to I was up there. <laughs> I got I, – you know, you know what? You mentioned it already. I have a VHS tape of it. Okay. But I, I don't um, – I tackle a lot of people, and if I was running 40 yards to get you, it meant somebody else missed a tackle. So – because I was, I was five yards away from the LOS. So if you're coming up, I got to go five yards, and I got to hit you as hard as I can and – ineffectively right so i me running a 40 didn't matter now with that being said jared there's a couple things that all guys remember they remember their act score they remember their 40 time and they remembered how much they benched right they remember what they think their 40 time was <laughs> right well i okay so here's another quick story about quincy university i took i took jim no literally i took jim class one semester I was a, I think I was a junior, and the lady's name teaching the gym class was Miss Bergman. Miss Bergman was about five foot maybe, but she had calves that were like this big, okay? And our whole class was nothing but running, nothing but running. <laughs> and she would run twirling this ribbon and jumping around and having a good time. I lost like 20 pounds during this gym class, okay? But at the end of that gym class, I was fast, man. I, I, could, I could run a 40, and I know exactly what the time is, and you'll never believe it, but I tell my kids all the time, I was like, dude, I ran 4.67 at the end of Ms. Bergman's gym class, so I recommend if she's still there, which no, she's not. If she's still there, you should take her class because you're asking <laughs> fast. But people always remember that. But I agree with you, Coach. It's, it's – there's – Speed does kill, and if if your position requires you to do something, it's great. But it doesn't mean you got to do it at four five. It means you got to be able to get away from people. Yep. You got to be able to keep the ball after you do get hit, and you got to be able to move the sticks. So, I want to know about your coaching staff. So here's a guy who's been at QU. You were line coach, OC, interim head coach, head coach. You got to have a bunch of guys around you that just love being there. They want to be there. And I remember something Bobby Bowden once said. He goes, if you don't love college football, don't get into college football because it ain't everything you think it is. It ain't just Saturday. It's, it, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So tell us about your staff. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head first. Is I think there's – a lot of people think they want to be a college football coach and they don't really understand the time commitment in any way, shape, and form. And at this level, which is different than, uh, say, Division One, I. I coached high school ball for six years before I ever went to college and in, in North Carolina and loved every second of it. But there's still a lot of high school job things that we have to do at the size of this, whether you're talking about laundry for game uniforms, whether you're, we at one point in time we're still having to paint the field before we got turf. And, I mean, there were a ton yeah. of things we got to do. So, I mean – I'll, redoing a locker room, 
I mean, there's there's a lot of things I think you have to do at a smaller level here to to be able to be successful. But I mean, our coaching staff's awesome. Uh, I'm the old guy at 36. Um, wow. <laughs> Coach Kelly, uh, our defensive coordinator, Mister Mister has done everything as of right now. Uh, he has been here actually a semester longer than me. Um, <laughs> Sean, uh, whenever he first got here, he had just got done graduating and playing at McKendree University um, in Lebanon, Illinois, in our conference. Uh, he was a GA when I first got here. Uh, then he moved up to a uh, restricted role after his GA. Uh, then he moved, moved into a full-time role. And then when I got the head coaching job, he moved into our DC role. And then whenever uh, another coach left, he moved in to be the assistant head, associate head coach. So. He literally has been the recruiting coordinator, equipment guy, film guy. Like, there's nothing that Sean hasn't done. And I'll be honest with you, he he makes my job so much easier. It's unbelievable because he is someone I completely 100% trust in every way, shape, and form. He is a phenomenal human being. He's great with our kids. Uh, not only is he a good coach, but he teaches them at a very high level, and he's good to them. Uh, and he makes it much easier from that standpoint. Uh, sticking with the defensive side, uh, Mitch Lepke uh, is our recruiting coordinator, uh, and he also coaches our corners. Uh, he has been here, this is actually his second stint here. He was a GA uh, for two years. When he graduated, he ended up working his way up to working at Wyoming um, for Coach Bowl, and then got a chance to, to come back here as a full-time guy. Uh, him and his wife are getting ready to have their first child here in November, so uh, very, very excited for those two. Congratulations. And recruit. He's, he's the guru behind the graphics. Like those are all like everything we do from that standpoint, the ideas and things, uh, is all on him. So all, a lot of that recruiting stuff that we do to like get the kids excited about a lot of things. He's really good with it. Uh, continue on defense. We've got two other guys, uh, GA, uh, Aaron Doan, uh, who also is our strength and conditioning coordinator. Uh, he does a phenomenal job. He is great in the weight room. Uh, he's just been out of college playing for about three years now. Uh, and I can't say enough good things. You, you give him a job and he gets it done and he gets it done well and quickly. Uh, and then Michael Gould uh, was our line, is going to be our linebackers coach next year. And he's one of those guys that you literally look at him and you're like, hey, look, I need you to do this. Okay. Rolls up the sleeves and gets to work. Uh, and you can't have enough guys like that. Uh, offensively, uh, I am going back to calling the plays next year. Uh, however, I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have two full-time guys on our side of the ball and the other guys as well that are going to give me the ability to be able to do that as a head coach. Caleb Bogard uh, played at Central Methodist. Oh, uh, wait a second. Hold on. No, he played at California, JR. Oh, yeah, excuse me. He played, played at California at high played school. Played at California high school, Jr. So okay, I act, I actually coached against him. So I am okay. the oldest guy in the room right now because, Coach, I'm 45, about to be 46. I don't know if it's okay to have a punter who's a decade older than you, but we could get to that. <laughs> it's okay, but no, go ahead, Coach. California, I got it. So he he played ball at California High School in Missouri, uh, and then he went to CMU. And then uh, when he got done with that, he was at Missouri State. Actually went to Ohio State as a special teams uh, intern restricted guy there. Wow. Uh, and then went to Southwest, was at Southwest Baptist last year. Uh, and he is, sharp is the understatement of a millennium. This dude is 
he gets it. He's good with the kids. He's extremely intelligent. He's very well-spoken, way better than me. Um, he just, he's an amazing person that I think is going to do great things with our quarterbacks. And I've seen in a small amount of time just how much he can do with those guys. Uh, Micah Johnson is now going to be our wide receivers coach. Uh, Micah has been around the block a lot from a coaching standpoint. He is also the same age as me, so i got to take it back. I think I got Micah by a month. So it's nice to have another guy there that, that uh, is in his 30s at least. Um, but he played at South Dakota State, was an All-American receiver, uh, played for the Atlanta Falcons, played for the Cincinnati Bengals, played for the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Uh, and he's been coaching all over the place. Um, and he is – you know, not only is he a good receiver, dude with a 3.9 GPA at South Dakota State and biochem or something like that. So, like, not only is he a great football coach – but he's way smarter than any of us, probably combined, uh, <laughs> and is does a great job with our wideouts. Uh, Craig Crowthamel, uh is going to be working with our tight ends. He's the he's our equipment guy, and he's spearheaded the locker room. To be honest with you, he, if it wouldn't have been for him, we couldn't have got it done. He, I put a lot on that guy because he he just under, he rolls up his sleeves just like Coach Gould does, and just gets to work and gets things done, and is an amazing person. Uh, and then we have uh, Mike Sauce, who is helping with the offensive line. Uh, that is going to be in his second semester here that does a great job. And then Gerald King is the new guy. He's going to be our running backs GA. Uh, and so far he has done a, done a great job. And he's one of those guys that just – he I think he's sitting there soaking everything in right now and just kind of figuring out how to go about doing everything. But all in all, really happy with our staff. Those guys are awesome. They make it much easier to be able to do what we do. And – uh, give me the ability to, like I said, um, go back and call the offense. Not necessarily something that I saw happening, but uh, we lost our coordinator two years ago. Uh, and then last year, uh, Keith left, to, Bearfield left to go to UL Lafayette. So he went Division One, and then uh, promoted our wide receivers coach. And then he turned around and got a job at Grand Valley State. Uh, so, I mean – I told our athletic director, I guess I got to stop hiring really good football coaches because I just lose them all to better places. So, uh -huh. he said, no, let's just not do that. But they're doing a good job. So, Coach, I've got one last one for you here. And I want to talk a little more about the recruiting piece because, mm -hmm. you know, let's, we've been really fortunate here at Jeff City, uh, you know, with the baseball program, been a part of football. And more specifically, the baseball is more involved with it where – Coaches would ask us, what, what is your opinion of the kid? And so my question is, what is more important? Do you think it's the coach recommendation or does it just play a part or is it best to get the kid on campus, go one-on-one -on -one with them? Because I went through the recruiting stuff of baseball with my stepson, who's, who's a pretty darn good player. And it kind of – I'm pretty analytical. And I thought, you know, it really just comes down to – that's it's really one person's yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's an yeah. understatement. It's just one person's opinion, you know, of whether or not they think you can do it at this level and whatnot. So I'm kind of curious, what what do you put into coach recommendations, or is it best to get the kid on campus? I think both of them play a vital role. Um, I think both of them can help you drastically. I both I think both of them can lead you astray quickly. 
if you just lean on one or the other. Uh, for instance, with a, with a coach's recommendation, no one's going to know a kid for the most part better than his, than his head coach. Um, they're going to see the ups. They're going to see the downs. They're going to see the work ethic. They're going to see the toughness. They're going to see how he handles from a leadership standpoint. Uh, they're going to see how he is inside of the school. Uh, they're going to see a lot of things that you can't see as, as a coach when you're yeah. pretty good. Um, however, th there are also times being a high school coach myself in the past that there's some kids that just don't gel well with certain coaches. And because of that, a, kids can sometimes get a bad rap. Uh, but I definitely think the high school head coach's recommendation is a big piece. Um, I think it's something that's got to be important. I think it's if, if you're going about to, if you're talking about about to offer somebody without before you get a chance to get them on visit, I wouldn't feel comfortable green lighting a kid for an offer if the head coach didn't give them a glowing recommendation. Um, but I also think getting them on campus is important uh, yeah. because not from my end because I I personally think getting them around just us as coaches is no different than than what you just we just said about the high school head coach not gelling because. Right. Those kids are coming on a visit because they're wanting to get an offer or they're wanting to know what the offer is. They're going to be on their best behavior possible. <laughs> so you're not going to find some of the things that you're trying to find out on one of those visits necessarily. Um, you got There's questions you can ask. There's things you can do to try to, to get a better idea of things. But ultimately, I want them around our players because they're going to let their guard down. They're going to be who they are around their teammates. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had kids on campus that um, got a green light from the head coach, brought them on campus, spent the night with some of our players. And then I had three of our kids come up to me the next morning, don't want them here. Hmm. Wow. Because our kids know who we want and who we don't want. And I rely a lot on them because they're going to find out more sometimes than we are. Um, so that's it. That's the good and the bad about both. I think they both play into it. I think the, I think even past that as a coach, the more you can get around them um, in camps, uh, getting a chance to see them, uh, game day visits, uh, everything, the, the more you can get around them, the more the, the one time of you getting kind of, I don't want to say fooled or bamboozled by a kid because I don't think that's it. But like from them being able to kind of, convince you of something that the more time you get around them, the more their, their personality is going to come out, the more you're really going to learn who they are. Uh, and I think that's, that's probably just as important as anything else. So I think the head coaches thing is important, especially if you're talking about getting ready to, to throw an offer out in spring recruiting, knowing you can't get a kid on campus yet, but I definitely think getting them on campus ultimately is, something that can be very beneficial as well. So, sorry, I didn't really answer your question. I'm kind of oh, you're good. I thought you answered it. I thought yeah. it was fine. I mean, really, Coach, what, <laughs> what you're talking about is trying to find a kid that you're not just helping for four years, you're helping him for the next 40. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's, that's really what it is. And that, that's what Quincy did for me. JR, you know how I got to Quincy University? I don't a know. Good here you go. A good friend of our family's. His name is Hank Tukowski. He was number 30. He played linebacker at Quincy. 
Hank came from a very, very poor family. He knew my father. JR, you know my father. He is yep. not one to ever mince words or to not just <laughs> love your dad. brutally awesome. honest with you at any time. <laughs> Him and Hank knew each other. Hank was quite a bit younger. And Hank came to me one day. He came, watched watched a high school game, and told my dad, he goes, I, w- I would like it if he went to Quincy to play. I just got done. And my dad loved Hank so much and trusted him. He then came to me and said, hey, Hank says you should go here and play. That's what I think that's what you should do. Now, my dad didn't play football. He didn't do any of that stuff in, in high school. He was messing with cars. He didn't play any sports. <laughs> so he came to me and said, this is what I think you should do. But that's what it was like back in the early 90s. I mean, it was who you'd send a VHS tape. I don't know how many tapes coaches had to watch in VHS back then. That must have been brutal. Thank must God I hadn't ever had to really deal with that. <laughs> oh, my God. It must have been horrible. Yeah. I didn't send a tape in. I didn't do anything. Hank Dikowski was a former player, went to one of their coaches because he was graduating and said, I think you should go look at this dude. And that's how it happened. That's how it happened. That happened. It's funny that that still happens now. I mean, there's there's plenty of our kids that have been like, "Hey, coach, um, why don't you go look at this kid?" And yeah. all of a sudden, we're like, we go look at him and ends up being painting out. Uh, but to go back on Jr.'s question, kind of one of the most important things probably in recruiting now that kids don't unfortunately understand is social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, you really want to get a, get to know a kid fast. Get on their Twitter, Instagram, and all sorts of things because. You, you may get a glowing recommendation for the coach, and they may have fooled him. They may be amazing on campus, but I'm telling you right now, for some reason, these kids do not understand how poor they can be on social media and, and the things. Like, I know um, just last week we had three kids that were early offer kids for us in the spring mm-hmm. that we got something on social media that um, was – negative as negative can be in any way shape and form and we decided to go another direction and wow. yeah unfortunately i think a lot of times and the same goes for our kids that are on campus like people don't realize all it takes man is anymore is for someone to screen grab or whatever it is right now something you said or did on mm-hmm. twitter and all of a sudden that is there forever you yes. are not getting rid of it and i can't tell you how many kids uh, we have to police on a daily basis, even now, like what our kids are putting on there. Like, don't be emotional. Don't be irrational. Like, always think before, if I do I want my mom or grandma to read this before mm-hmm. you get in? And if the answer is no, you probably shouldn't post it. Right. No. right. It's your own personal press conference, unfortunately. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got their own personal press well, conference. It's, it's no real different than – than my Twitter or Facebook per se. Like I don't really get on Twitter and Facebook and start, I'll put things about my religious beliefs on my personal one because I'm a Christian and I I took two of our kids to church here in town today. And um, that was important for me. But uh, like you see people get on there and start talking politics all the time and all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, we just going to sit here and start arguing opinions, just to argue opinions. Mm -hmm. Nobody will stand behind a a keyboard and, and argue with anyone. I'm just like, that's not what that's for. Uh, and that's not what my job's for. My job is to better the young men of Quincy University, our football program in this community. And it doesn't matter what my political views are or any of that stuff. And nor should they have to see it on my Twitter account. <laughs> so, no, it's 
kind of interesting how I think social media is a great thing, but a terrible thing at the same time. Yep. Oh, 100, 100% agree. The Twittergram snapbook. Uh, Slapchat. Uh, That's the best yeah. one I've come up with. Slapchat. Slapchat. Kids love it when I say that. They yeah. start dying. Slapchat. I'm just like, I just tell the kids, I'm like, hey, get off your Twittergram snapbook for a minute and let's, uh, let's figure out what we're doing here. But well, I'll tell you a funny one this one. You're talking about phones. We went up, I think it was a year and a half ago. Uh, we, I walked up to the cafeteria because our offices are below it. And there's a table with probably 15 football players at it. And I look, I look down and they're all like this. <laughs> yeah. 15 players all on their phone, not talking to each other. Yeah. So I proceeded to walk around the table and take every single one of their phones. Took them all. Headphones, the works, didn't care. And they're like, what do you, what do you? I'm like, talk to each other. <laughs> so yeah. now there's a running thing that anytime we walk into the uh, cafeteria, everybody. <laughs> shoving it in their pockets and stuff. <laughs> I like it. Like, hey, look, man, like, you got plenty of time to spend on that thing. Right. Like, right. converse, communicate, talk to people. Like, right. that, that is a lost art form. And yeah. it is something I think that is, unfortunately, drastically declining. Yeah, it is. I agree. JR Coach has been at our clinic. He talked about yep. God's place and power. Coach Kelly has been there a couple of times. We're grateful and thankful for that. And now he's been it for about an hour. Tag is the oldest game ever played. Coach, we can argue if there was one other one, but we're not going to mention that. Uh, you've been it, and the goal in tag is to not be it anymore. So here's how this works. If you pick somebody who gets on a secret bucket list that JR and I have, that we could talk to. We're going to donate money to your charity and their charity. That's my dog. We're going to donate money to charity. It's about time they just go out and start going crazy. But uh, we've we've had that happen already. I mean, people have, yeah. for heaven's sakes, we were talking to like the assistant head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Yep. How the hell sure. that happened, I have, I have no idea. Someone pick that? Yeah. Oh, yes, we got we had, Yeah, we, we had him on. Yeah, and not to mention, and, and JR, and look, I'm not a hockey guy. I know nothing about it. Okay, JR is a hockey freak over here. Um, the guy, when he was on, Ian LaPerriere, I got it, JR. I got yeah, you it. did. I Good get job. It. He told us if he wins the Stanley Cup, we can come to his house and see the trophy. And I'm, I'm, and JR's like, hey, they won the first round. And I'm like, holy cow, we might be going out to We're going to Jersey, baby. Jersey We're going. I don't know. But anyway, if your guest happens, to get on our list we're going to donate some money to your charity and their charity you guys pick a charity together whatever it may be so tag you've been it who would you like to make it oh no um all right this one's going to be easy because i got a feeling in some way shape and form since you're a quincy alum <laughs> he has to get put on this at some point in time okay john kelly has done okay. been in the thing twice at the missouri missouri clinic and uh, he played DC. He is our DC. He used to coach linebackers. He also, I, no, I'm just kidding. I was about to say he was the former punter also, but I don't think he was. So I'm going to throw Coach I had a couple other names, but you know, we got to keep it in the family. All right. We'll All take right. Coach well, Kelly. Absolutely. We'll, 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 we will. You'll be will a lot more him. articulate than me. I can promise you that much. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I mean, I'm going to ask him what the wattage is of these glowing lights for the jerseys and stuff like that. He better know all that stuff. He'll know. 
he'll know all that stuff. He'll just, he'll be like, yeah, you had Gary on here. You didn't know any of this stuff, did he? <laughs> he'll be like, yeah, he goes, who really, who, who really keeps the thing, the, the ship from sinking? It's me. And he's right. Uh, oh, my what, goodness. what's a good question we can ask him? Cause I don't think he may not listen to this. So what would be, uh, what would be a good will, one? But I'll, I'll, let me see if I can think. We'll do it off air. We'll do it off air. We'll do it off air. Cause I wanted to hear the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, the one question to ask him. If he really liked wearing Barney purple at McHenry. <laughs> okay. I'll <laughs> write it fair. down. That's fair. That's fair. Said no one ever. No one ever wanted to do that. I went on one recruiting trip, JR, when I was in high school. I'm not going to name the school because I don't, we might get them on sometime. But I went okay. on one. And when I went on it, it was a long ass drive. It was cold when I got there. And there, I just, I didn't go there, JR, because I could not call myself what their mascot was for the rest of my life. I was like, I can't be that. That I can't do that. That's not what even like in Missouri. Huh? Is it Central Missouri? <laughs> no, 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 no. I told you I'm not giving the name, Coach. Don't ask. Right. So I'll tell you off air. But I was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it because it's not even intimidating. I'm like, where did this name come from? And, you know, so I was like, I can't, I can't go here because of that. But Coach, you've oh, been a man. lot of places scouting games. What's the weirdest mascot you've heard of? The weirdest one I've heard of? Yeah. Or that you've oh, seen college or high school, either or. Oh, pick, pick, either or. Oh, God. there's a there's a ton of them in Illinois. There's a team called the Orphans. <laughs> yeah. There's the, there's yeah. there's multiple teams called the Pretzels. Pretzels. <laughs> yeah, the fighting Pretzels. The Pretzels. There's the Freeport Pretzler Pretzels, and there's the New Berlin Pretzels. Wow. And then I there, would move. I would in, move. In Columbia. Who's the Cupies? Hickman. That, that's yeah. Hickman. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. our main yeah. rival. So the naked you baby. You ever look at SLU down in St. Louis? Yeah. They yeah. have that, that whatever, uh, whatever that thing is. The Billikens. Yeah. In the middle of a football field. Yeah. That looks like a baby with big ears. Like, how yeah. do I... Yeah. <laughs> I thought the most original college I've heard college, of was West Plains. Was probably Livingstone. They were the Blue Bears. The blue bears. Blue bears. Glad they put bears at the end of that, or that could have got really interesting. <laughs> oh god! And then I think uh, what was there was another one that was the uh, the bull weevils. I can't remember. Wow, it was one of the Arkansas teams, I think. Just makes you wonder what people who pick those mascots are doing when they're sitting around. Like that, this would be a good idea. Like West Plains is the got scissors. A good the scissors. scissors. Yeah. Yeah, the Zizzers, which that's the most unique I'd heard until the Blue Bears. Yeah, it was. yeah there's there's a whole bunch there. There's some that are not, like, not appropriate. Like, when you say their name, you're like, ooh, that's not good. It's like, right? hold on one, a second. There's one that used to be in the state of Illinois that I'm not going to say out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pekin High School used to yeah. be a racial slur. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. And, and not the one you'd think. No, interesting. No, it it was there's, but here's something even in on that line, Jr. My high school colors, brown and gold. My college colors, brown and gold. You need to go to kids' food, which, oh. which are not like super common. I mean, they're not no. super common, but to go there from high school and college, both, yeah, crazy. 
Coach, it's been amazing. Well, we'll we'll connect here off air in a minute, but it's been absolutely outstanding. Quincy University did the right thing. They should have just gave it to you from the start. Uh, I think your values are perfectly in line with what the youth needs, and I totally agree with you on a lot of things. Quincy is good, is in great hands, and I can't wait to get back up there and and watch y'all play this spring. From very much right. Process, preparation, performance. He's Simmons. I'm Duke. It's been a great time. St. Francis Solanus Chapel. If you're ever there, it's beautiful. And there's a bakery right across the street that I would highly recommend you check out. Have a great night. Peace.